Justin, how the fuck are you, dude? Dude, I am actually I, I'm pretty good, man. Good. Uh, granted, uh, you know, this situation. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling good. We're finally falling into uh, more of a routine. Yeah, that's good. With our children and, uh, you know, trying to keep them from killing each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. You sent me the video of you guys playing the family band and then uh, your son comes in and just starts yeah. whacking people. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it, <laughs> we're we're a little bit on edge, and uh, you know, you have this this story to share with Wes, right? So Charlotte, over the last couple of days, we had bets on how many days it would take her to learn how to oh ride my God, a bike. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's it's amazing once they get it and they they're off. They're they're hands off. There's no one holding them up, and they're just you know just swinging from the left and right, going forward, and it's an amazing. It's an amazing sight, right? But you, you almost feel like, oh wow, if they've they've reached this milestone, they're on to their the next stage in their life. It's it, it's cool, right? Yeah, absolutely. They become independent, yeah, and and so it took it took Charlotte two days to learn how to ride a bike. I was I was essentially out of the picture with that. I was working on a a, a project around the house, and then Lindsay was uh, basically walking around with Charlotte, teaching her how to, um, how to do it properly and, and dealing with the issues that came along with that. But look, man, after two days, she had it, she was riding up the street yesterday. It was great. And then today I got to ride with her. I got, I went on my scooter and we went around the whole entire block. Wow. Her, me and Jack. Yeah. It was amazing. How tall and is you she? You know, man, kids, they just get cocky. Uh-huh. And I didn't want to give her the story of when I fell on my bike. Like it was a brutal fall too. Ooh. I mean, like, like, yeah, it was like face in the asphalt, brutal kind of fall. Uh, I didn't want to give her that story before, uh, but sure enough, man, the second lap around the uh, um, our block, and she just took a turn too wide, went into our neighbor's planter, and then just slid out. Luckily, she slid out, and but ate ate dirt. She was crying, and she was on the ground, holding her her legs and everything, and and she got up. She was okay, but you know, I thought. You know what? There's nothing I can do. Things like this are inevitable, man. You just got to let it happen. <laughs> this, this is Jimmy Epod. <laughs> Jimmy Epod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good, dude. How yeah, tall man. is she? How tall? Yeah. Boy, I don't know. I, I feel know like... that she is 51 pounds because she'll weigh herself oh, okay, every yeah. couple of days or so. You know, we'll take her to get her checkups and stuff. And she... Yeah. Wes is yeah, 33 so I, and he's not tall enough. Like I, I noticed she stopped and put her leg down. Like Wes yeah. is just a little too short for that. I think like he's got to kind of grow into this bike, which I hear you're not supposed to do. But I was like, uh, uh-uh, if he's going to have this bike for a while, he's going to grow into yeah. it. So this is a 16 inch bike, I think, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's just the frame size. Yeah. And and uh, I don't even know how to measure that stuff. I I, I you know, when I when I got my road bike, I measured it to my height, but with this stuff, I don't want to buy a bunch of bikes. So all the bikes that I have are hand-me-downs mm. or like the the one that Charlotte's riding now is one that I bought for my sister that she grew out of and I said I'll take it. So I ended up just keeping it with me for the last 20 years. Yeah. And uh, and now she's riding this princess bike. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, but it, I mean, I don't even know if it fits her. She just saw it up in the attic or in the, you know, in the garage hanging up there. And she goes, I, w- I want to try that one. So she moved on from her little small tiny bike to this one. And I guess it was what she needed to uh, to learn. And yeah, she, I mean, she she took she took to it. And now she's just uh, she's feeling like um, she's very confident. And That's awesome. That it's, Good for her. Yeah. 
I I was so excited because yeah, that was um, we were just talking about that a couple weeks ago. Now, Wes is Wes is taking a break from the bike right now. Is uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with Jack. He's he's probably a little bit like Wesley, where yeah, it's just different with him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I am using. I don't know if you use this. uh, I'm using the towel method where you can wrap a towel around their midsection. Right above, right under their armpits, and hold it. That way, you don't have to bend over. Oh my and god, fall, no! But thank you, I need that yeah, bad. Yeah, if they fall, you just yank them up, and they you hold them suspended in air, and then you know the the bike's oh, on the ground. That's a yeah. good idea. Yeah, I just grab them by the hoodie, and I just. <laughs> but it's it's hard because <laughs> I only have too. one arm, and it's my non dominant arm. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's nuts. That's good though. Hmm. Um. So. So this week we're talking about let it happen, and I was bad and did almost no research. Um, but I have a bunch of information in front of me, and uh, I might lean on you a little bit to walk us through it. Oh, I did have some um, housekeeping. Did you watch Jim's Instagram takeover? So they didn't do last week a uh, a live from home in studio thing like they had the previous two weeks. Yeah, they had technical difficulties, right? That's what they said. Yeah, um, I think the technical difficulties was no one could leave their house. So. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jim's like, I don't know how to record this shit, dude. <laughs> um, uh, so did you watch his Instagram takeover, though, on Fender's Instagram? I did not. I only saw the image of him jumping. Oh, yeah. So the image of him jumping, which I also want to talk about because we ended up, well, I ended up doing a Twitter poll because Blink-182 had released their video for Happy Days, which was a kind of user-generated content. But what was bummer was it was actually like celebrity-generated content because it's mostly celebrities and then a couple fan videos sprinkled in. Um, yeah. But uh, but Mark doesn't... Ins- I love Mark Havis's jumps. Um, uh, m- any jump I've ever done on stage is modeled after his jumps. So like within a day, these two awesome punk jumps... Uh, yeah. were on social media so I wanted to pit them up against each other so yes one was from Jim's Instagram takeover where he's like getting his guitar ready to rock for the day and uh, and one it, one of the scenes is him jumping on a trampoline with his uh, guitar and he does this insane jump and then um, it's funny I forgot to pull the clip for this uh, but uh, let me pull up discord real quick because uh previous guest of the pod was making fun of him and his shoes. Yeah. Did you see this conversation about <laughs> yes, his shoes? Yes, I did. I saw that conversation. So, uh, she uh, poked at him. So somebody, somebody mentions Jim's shoes in the comments and he says, uh, I don't know how to say this, the name of this brand of shoe. I would say Hoka one one or is it Hawaiian? Like Hoka One One? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would say that's close to Hoka One One. Okay, so this is a Hawaiian brand of shoe, and I'm not even going to double check that. He says, this is the only way to train for April guitar month jumping. And then Semi-Charm Life says, oh, so those aren't your sketchers? And she went on to tell a story about how, I guess, on tour, they ran into him running through the city and uh, basically started poking fun at him because of his sketchers. And he seems to remember here because he responds to her and says, dude, I know those looked like sketchers, but seriously, try on the uh, Bondi and tell me if... You- uh, you care anyone mistakes them for ske- for sketchers. It's like clouds, but for asking. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny that people are like uh, kind of ripping him about his uh, shoes a little bit. Yeah, they're cool shoes. And you know what? I'm glad he sticks behind his shoes. You know, yeah, I'm looking these up. Um, it looks like it's a French 
company that makes them, and it's Hoka One One. It's not as okay, uh, so it is. It's not as elaborate as we're thinking. Well, I'm glad. Oh, so here's the story. I don't know why Jim and his expensive tennis shoes are so funny to me. Someone posted on Instagram years ago uh, where they met Jim while he was out on a jog, and they said he was wearing Skechers, and he was like, I'm not wearing Skechers, and even linked to the shoes. So since then, me and a few friends just uh, had the running joke that Jim wears Skechers. Uh, So yeah, I guess she didn't run into him jogging, but somebody did. So the parent organization for this is Decker's Outdoor Corporation. Not really Skechers, but sounds a lot like it. And they're, head, <laughs> they're headquartered in Goleta. So oh, right near Santa, Santa Barbara. Oh, right here. Oh, okay. Yeah, right here in SoCal, man. Oh, no wonder. I'll bet when we went to see a solo show, he probably spent the day up there. Oh, yeah, getting uh, getting his, uh, getting yeah. his shoe So shoe in, in that awesome, fun takeover video where he plays a little bit of uh, Pass the Baby and he, right, and then he played mm-hmm. past the baby a little bit, yep. and um, and uh, uh, he's like getting ready. Oh, he did a green screen clip, which I recorded. And I was like, oh, I should put something behind him. Maybe I'll do it for this episode. Um, uh, I'm sure it's gonna pull a wonderfully clean key on that third party cell phone video. <laughs> um, but uh, so anyway, he does the awesome jump. Mark Hoppus did a great jump. So I did a Twitter poll, and then I threw it up on Instagram too. To see who thought who did the better punk jump, and uh, our Twitter poll was fifty fifty. <laughs> yeah, so it never changed since this afternoon. It no, hasn't changed. It, it never changed. So I did tell people like, "Hey, uh, let's let's get to the bottom of this, and uh, let's figure out who had the better punk jump." Ryan Caldwell, uh, previous co-host of the pod. Uh, said the camera work is better on Jim's. The low angle makes it look like he's soaring over those Phoenix palm trees. Mark just looks like a dorky dad in his kitchen. And to be honest, <laughs> Mark has looked awkward in music videos since 2011. The point goes to Mr. Atkins. Uh, and uh, Sarah, eh, 10, or maybe it's something else, uh, comments, uh, something tells me Jim has a trampoline underneath him. I watched his clip on the Fender Instagram takeover and swore he was on a trampoline for those shots. So while his is more aesthetically pleasing with the palm tree in the background, Mark's feels more organic. However, I'm a bigger Jimmy World fan than Blink, so I'm going to go uh, give my vote to Jim. Uh, <laughs> and that was actually unnecessary because the uh, vote was uh, 93% Jim, 7% Mark on Instagram. So yeah, going to go ahead and give that to Jim. Even so though, it's still, man, and it still remains 50-50 on Twitter. Uh, the poll itself. But I, the, I had pulled closed the poll this morning, I think, is when I said oh, okay. to close. Because gotcha. I knew we would talk today. So, um, Both jumps, though, are so rad. I love that Mark's bass is plugged in and just kind of runs back into this closet. Into the room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he plays wireless bass on stage. Why is his bass plugged in at all? <laughs> yeah, right. Because he, he wants to give people that organic... Uh, that organic content. Um, and then what other housekeeping do I have? Let me pull that up. Um, oh, uh, we never mentioned it, I don't think, on here. But we did the quarantine episode of Growing Up Punk. So Growing Up Punk is another podcast where they talk about growing up punk. <laughs> and uh, they asked us to do a guest spot. So we did a guest spot. And I think I I thought we were going to be like one of many episode, mini episodes they're going to release. And we're just like 20 minutes of a much longer episode. <laughs> Um, right. And weren't there two? Did he break it down into two episodes? I think there were three. But yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you guys should go check out the quarantine sessions where people talk about uh, records that everyone needs to check out. And I can't believe I didn't think of The Midnight. I still stand by my posture, The Grizzly. Uh, yeah. Ch- check out this record. But I love that Midnight record so much. 
Um, and somebody brought it up on the pod. And um, they appreciated that shout out on Twitter too. Yes. Uh, posture the Grizzly did. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so, uh, and then lastly, we have a new insanely complicated workflow that I probably won't explain here, but we're going to be able to pull from some cooler sources going forward. Uh, and I'll pull some, I'll play some clips today because today, uh, I don't think anybody's going to hear a difference in the way that this is being recorded. Um, and maybe the clips I play won't sound amazing, but we'll get there is I'm able to play clips now. Um, now, um, that, and that's amazing. We've been what, 26 episodes in and we've been waiting for this day. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, can we also mention that the fact that I know you said you have, we have stuff in the works, but, uh, can we go as far as saying that we have, the Davy Von Bolen transcribed to a certain degree, and it, it will you, take yes. a little bit. Yeah, we're it will take a little bit of work on yours and my part. Yeah, we're cleaning up the transcript, but yeah. the entire interview is transcribed. I wonder if we should just upload the live Google document and um, and then just have and them people watch can just us check go. in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> people can just check in. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll put that on the uh, on the site somewhere. Do we have a way to post like? other content separate of episodes or we would have to like have a blog like link i would that- probably have to have well no we can um i think if it's if it's uh, you know when i'm posting stuff i have to uh, give it a certain category so if we oh, categorize yeah. it as something else we might be able to post it i haven't haven't tested that yet eh, we'll see yeah we'll see um, technical stuff what if you can embed a google document can you do that i don't, I don't think you can i don't think google allows for that not cool google um <laughs> Because that would be cool. So anyway, um, let it happen. <laughs> yes. Now, um, uh, you know, I, I I went through song meanings. And did you read the top comment on song meanings? Nope. It seemed to be the outlier. Uh, oh, and it's, it, the, the majority of the comments, and I think this is just because of, this is the way that I'm leaning, is more of a relationship base. But the top comment actually talks about mild schizoid uh, personality disorder, mm. which is an interesting approach to this. The laughing in so here. This it's individual, actually about the Joker. <laughs> Nux, <laughs> Nuxie, um, October 8th, 2009, so a couple years after this was released, um, writes this. As someone with mild schizoid personality disorder, I feel like this song relates to that experience a lot. I have a ringing in my head and no one to help me answer it, even with you close enough to kiss. The feeling of loneliness. Yeah, I know you can hear it. <laughs> The loneliness in the midst of a crowd is how I feel whenever I'm around people. I do want to connect and have close relationships, but I have no idea how to start a relationship or be emotionally intimate. Social interaction is like a foreign language to me. And they have uh, a couple of other points that they make based on uh, the different lines in the verses and uh, and the chorus. But it is a very interesting uh, perspective on this track. Um, However, I still... I'm still looking at it from a relationship perspective, uh, partially because that's how I feel a lot of where Jim's lyrics come from or the band's lyrics. I don't know. I'm assuming that Jim writes all of their lyrics, but that's what I'm picturing is that this is uh, a relationship and and we're watching this um, kind of proceed through that relationship as as is the case in some of his other tracks. Yeah, so, sorry. Um, it should be no surprise to you that I didn't look into uh, the lyrics one way or the other. I hear things like, I must look like I'm running away to you at your faster pace. Uh, wonder what it is you could have seen in me. 
I'm automatically just going to like think it's a relationship song as well. So, right. No, I get it. I, I think, think you, I think it. that this is one of those situations where where this individual resonated with I have a ring in my head and that set them um you know, thinking of that as a, mm. a constant droning, uh, nagging thought or something in their head. And that's what set them on that path. Um, I have a ringing in my head and no one to help me answer it, even with you close enough to kiss. Uh, I do feel like there's there is an issue there where um, this individual is unable to explain their situation to anybody else. And effectively, they're they're so close to this person that they can't explain it to them. And, and it's making them potentially go crazy uh, mm. and then they, they go on in the, the second half of the first verse which is every minute is arranged every moment lasts a day to me those two lines is every minute is arranged it makes me makes it sound like every one of their actions throughout the day is planned mm-hmm. and to him it's it drags on forever mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like get on with it yep um and then but thinking about it can't help me let go i know so they're just they're stuck in a um in in a, in a position where they just can't they're going through this it's like a groundhog day kind of a situation repeat 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 and they can't make any progress with their partner and then it goes into the chorus right where it mm-hmm. says talk talk talking a lot um, and I'm a think I'm thinking that this this is uh, exposed a little bit later in the song is talk talk talking a lot but it's still talk that could be between them two but it sounds like he's talking about the other individual in this relationship is just talking and what this person is saying let's assume it's a female mm-hmm. like in his, this case gotta love how it's all somehow all on me so he, she is not taking any of the blame for right. where their relationship has gone all the petty petty scenes all the pretty things. Uh, you know the, the the stupid petty arguments they have, all the beautiful things that they've bought each other. Not you know whatever it is, it doesn't mean anything to this person. And then so, say whatever you want because I can laugh it off. Jim works in a ha <laughs> into a song, and it's and it's not tacky. No, it's so like clever, and um, I think it goes with uh, the sarcasm of the chorus. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I, I've, I find that it plays well. Yeah. And then c- it continues on. I can laugh it off and then even more um, laughing. You know, you so you mentioned that I must look like I'm running away to you at your faster pace. I I love the sequence of lines, but I have no idea what he's trying to say there. Now, let me look at the lyric sheet from the vinyl here. Let's see where the punctuation is. Okay. I must look because what I'm gathering like while you're I'm looking running at that. away to you at your faster pace. So on here, there's there is a comma between you and at, and uh, say whatever you want. I can laugh it off. There's no punctuation between I can laugh it off and I must look like I'm running away. So there's no sentence ending punctuation, but there are commas. So it mm-hmm. makes me think think of it this way: Is it? I must look like I'm running away to you at your faster pace. I wonder what it is you could have seen in me. Does that make more sense to you? You know, the way that I rationalize those lines is I think it's just the, the, the choice of to you at your faster paces. I have to, you have to kind of take it and break it down and just, she's walking away from him anyway at a faster pace. Maybe she's just wants to get away from him. Um, But he's, he's clearly running away from something else. So maybe Mm -hmm. she has, seen this other individual that he's been eyeing 
And but he's still coming to her and he's moving faster toward her, uh, even though she might be trying to get away or, you know, step aside from this. That's what I that's what I that's how I decipher those two or three lines. It doesn't really Hmm. help. Um, The punctuation does help a little bit. I must look like I'm running away to you. Essentially, I think I know what he's saying. Go, but go. Is is yours any different from mine? (sighs) Maybe, but only. uh, minusculely it's he's essentially saying it sounds like you're out of my league because yeah, that can if be you think of it as a foot race she's moving faster than him so much so that it looks like he's running away from her and that's how out of his league she is oh wow am i pulling a justin right now <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. I think the the one word that throws me off is away, running away. So not toward is what I'm thinking, but I get what you're saying. So but, she's but just running faster to where it looks it's like he's not keeping up. It's a simile. Yeah. Her pace yeah. is so fast that it would be perceived that he's running away. He's so much slower than her. Right. So it must look like I'm running away to you, to you in, in your perspective it looks like I'm running away because at your faster pace. And then he says, I wonder what it is you could have seen in me because you're so out of my league. You're so much faster than me. It didn't even look like I was slower than you. It looked like I was going the other direction. You're so much faster. than Wow. Me. That's probably the most eye opening verse. <laughs> then in <Yeah>. this. <laughs> well, what else is he going to say? I'm the evil one who said it. going to let everything just happen, which is the closest we get to let it happen. Right. The, exactly. The, the name. And I, and I think that brings it around. So be, having that as the title of this track and then that line where after all of that exposition there that you just laid on me. Um, <laughs> but then he goes in to say, I'm the evil one who said, going to let everything just happen. So all of this, this prep that we've gone through in this, this, uh, what we've learned about where the, these people's relationship is, uh, this individual is now just going to let it, whatever happens, happens. I'm done with the arguing. I'm done with following you and, and running after you, uh, going to let everything just happen. And he doesn't really care. Just like my chest, my ears are proud. The collision is such an ugly sound. I think that's the big final argument, the breakup. And that's Why when his it ears falls proud? apart. Um, Because he's listening to her talk. I see, I see, I see. So he's just saying, I can hear you. You can say whatever you want, but my ears are proud. You know, I can stand up and look physically um, proud at, at this moment in our relationship, but my ears are proud because all you're going to be doing is talking. Mm. And then he ends that line that in that verse two with, I can hear you now talk, talk, talking mm. a lot, but it's still talk. Yeah. I love this song. I, yeah, and I do love this song. I absolutely love this song. Yeah, this it is. is. And it's got a great, we didn't talk about the introduction with, with Zach's drum in there and that, yeah. uh, the the ar- the arpeggiated little down yeah I guess it's not really arpeggiated but it's just a nice little guitar intro that they've got yeah, going on there that they play around with a little bit uh, yes in some 2011 videos that I found um, yeah because they do they did a, a um they do hand claps a lot at the beginning of this song before mm-hmm. they go into it um kind of like they do with work right or is it pain am I thinking pain um because he's got yeah, that little, like clap, little crash clap, sound clap, yeah. Clap. yeah yeah um. They do a little bit of that with this song, too. Uh, they did Coachella and Reading and Leeds and stuff like that. Reading and Leeds. Reading, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, they have fun now, with this Now, did you, did you listen at all to the Tempe sessions 
yes. version of this. Yes. And so I listened to the whole thing. I had listen, Lindsay listen to it and it sound for, I mean, I mean, I know that this was for a CD, so I know that they were, mm-hmm. they were, this was post-produced and all that, even though they did the video for it, that's on YouTube, but it sounds so good. I mean, you, you can really hear how tight they are as a band in that. Right. Uh, now in that recording here, I was going to play a clip if, if you'd like, however, you are being mixed into that clip. <laughs> No. <laughs> so if we discuss during it, I wouldn't have you separate. So that might be an issue. Gotcha. So but I would then show up in your clip. Correct. Well, I do have it up if you want me to. Yeah, to yeah why don't you bring this? So check uh, this out. And now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is the intro here electable? Is that the end of electable? Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah. And then they go into it after this. Oh, so good. Now, did you catch that uh, that Jim's microphone's got the little label on it that says Jim? No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, little little white tape uh, written oh, Jim. Nice. It's kind of faded too, so I imagine that that's something that maybe they travel around with. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, and then um, uh, so that that is the elect- electable intro. The introduction to this is the end of Electable, right? Correct, yeah. They play Electable in the Tempe session, so I'm assuming they right. just went from it yeah, to it. Yeah, but this is, what, this is what really threw me. So in the Tempe sessions, yes. you look at the track listing here. Let me go back to the track listing. This is track 6 of 10 on the Chase This Light CD2, but this track comes in after Firefight. So it's got Electable, Firefight, right. and then... so. I, I think this, it was that just must have been an aesthetic just choice video. with the video. Yeah, hey, okay, the video's that's what I got like kind of like swirling cameras and stuff right. like that. Yeah. Now we had also in our last episode, you had asked for a minimal T-shirt, right? Yes. Like a minimalist T-shirt. Check this thing out. This is on Amazon. It's no longer available, but it's a Jimmy World Tempe Sessions men's T-shirt crew neck. Uh, it says funny black, but it looks like it's got Jimmy Eat World written in. Um, Jim's mm. handwriting. I think that's Jim's handwriting. It is. And then yeah. temp, Tempe sessions in the same. I don't know if that if they extracted that from the disc or what, but very minimalist. It's just yeah, black yeah. with that's white cool. text. Yeah. Hmm. Currently unavailable. Cool. Bummer. Yeah, which is a bummer. Yeah. But that's something say, simple so enough to draw draw some some looks. I didn't dig into this and I'll have to pull these videos into my new um my new workflow. But there's four songs and four interview videos. Uh, do we know if any of these interview videos are about this song? I don't know. I I haven't listened to any of the interview mm. videos. No. Video's not available in your country or region. Let me look up these Tempe Sessions videos real quick. Okay. Let me play the end of this because I love... They play this ending just like the the recording but it for them playing this live no mess ups nothing i'll just play this one
So pretty. Beautiful. Play it, Tom. Oh, man. Gorgeous. That's so, yeah, so pretty. Damn. <laughs> so it's interesting. I can see that these Tempe Sessions videos, interviews exist in my library on Apple Music. Right. But when I click it, it says, this video is not currently available in your country or region. I'm going to get to the bottom of this and maybe play it on the next episode um, in our housekeeping segment. I can sure. see that they exist. Um, I'm going to send this to you. But they don't exist on YouTube. Uh, I wonder if I need to go back to a hard drive. Because if it exists in my library, it means I had it. I uploaded it. And I might have gotten it from this download card that's in my vinyl for a digital copy of the album. Um, Is it down? Oh, the download card? Like you used it? You went online and, and used the, the code? I can't imagine I didn't. This was 2008. Right. Um. Yeah, it's hard to say. It just says jimmyworld.com slash vinyl enter your access code print the box below download your album digital album will be downloaded your computers and your keeper your personal use i'm assuming it was just the straight up song somehow i had these videos um and they're in my library i'm sending you the link or the picture of them and i'll scour these videos oh for wow content yeah. to see if they exist and i just i just googled it to see if it was on um youtube these interviews now does it do, do these these don't these videos. don't link over to youtube these are no videos these are that like are, videos that were in my library they came with the tempe sessions like i don't have the tempe sessions in my library as anything but videos yeah the um the, there were a handful of videos this one luckily was still up on youtube but there were other ones that said this is not available uh, this video is no longer available. It didn't say anything about the region, but they, somebody had taken down hmm. a handful of the videos that were in the Tempe sessions, but some of them were still up. Yeah, weird. Hmm. I have to figure this out. Yeah. Uh, so another thing that uh, you had looked into this a little bit, and I read about it, and it was a it kind of a bummer to read. So in this, during uh, the chorus, you can hear a female vocalist in the background. So talk, talking a lot, but it's still right. talk. Gotta love how it's somehow all on me. Um, I don't have that queued up anywhere, but I'm sure that it, you can listen to it and listen and hear her voice. And we may listen to it in a sec. Uh, if I can get it queued up in time. The, so I thought at first my, my go-to is Rachel Hayden, just because she plays with them so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can come to find out that on chase this light, uh, you know, we had done dizzy before, but that was all Jim. So this is the first one where we can hear some of the alternative uh, vocalists on here playing, singing. And this was Amy Ross. uh, And you can hear her doing the harmonies there. And I I went and looked her up because I wanted to find, oh, what's Amy Ross doing? And she was part of a duo called Nowhere Man and a Whiskey Girl. And uh, which was a husband and wife duo. So Derek was the husband. Amy was the uh, was the wife. And they went around and their whole thing was they would play any place and they were from Arizona. So they're Mm -hmm. from um, a Bisbee. Oh, okay. Okay. And the band knew them well enough to, to have them on chase, have her on chase this light, but they would go around and they would purposefully stay in smaller 
uh, let's say they could stay in Phoenix in a hotel, but they would choose to stay in a very small town in between uh, at one of their smaller hotels or motels just to just to you feel the vibe of that area, you know, probably also just to to feel it out and then let people know who they were because they would go out in the evenings and, and play. He would he would play guitar, acoustic guitar, and she would play piano and vocals. And they were married for 13 years, but she had um, lupus. And toward the end, uh, I think this was, let me look at this. This was around 2013 that Amy Ross, uh, let me look this up. I want to get this tweet real quick. So they said, it, this was 2013. So this was about five years after and Jimmy Rule says, shocked by the passing of Amy and Derek Ross, grateful to have worked with Amy on Chase This Light Thought, thoughts to friends and family. So she had uh, lupus and then contracted a blood disease from the multiple transfusions that she was receiving. And she was not doing very well in the hospital. And Derek was kind of doing podcasts. They had a, a good friend named Doug Stanhope, who is a oh, comedian, if you're familiar with him, right? I am familiar with him, yeah. Yeah, uh, very good friends with him. And she so she passed away. And then within the next 24 hours, Derek had uh, purchased a gun and taken his own life. Oh, dude. Yeah, it was very it was a very um, I don't know. It was a sad read, but you 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 look into their life and they were married for 13 years. They were each other's soulmates. And, you know, you you don't want somebody to have to go through that. Um, Yeah. You know, but it, they're, it, you kind of think now they're together. And the very, uh, I looked on uprocks.com at their article that they had written. And, um, you know, the last couple of sentences of this article were really, in my, in my eyes, poignant. It says, it's probably debatable whether two people have ever loved each other more. If life was fair, Amy and Derek would have had the chance to grow old together. May they rest in peace. But it's, mm. it's, it's a sad little story of, um, you know, these, these two, I don't know. It's just kind of it's tragic that these two people that loved each other so much uh, couldn't be without each other, couldn't be without one another. Yeah. And so when she passed away on her Facebook, which is still up and you can read this. So Amy Ross mm-hmm. had posted on October 24 or October 14th, 2013. Hey, kids, bad news. I died this morning and Derek didn't know how to tell you. I love you all and hope you go out and be nice to someone. Funerals are a bore. So hopefully I don't have one. Give Derek some space. He stinks at this stuff, so leave him be for now. Thanks for mm. all the kindness. Please spread it around whiskey, which was, just, you know, a bummer. And then, so I guess what happens is Derek talks to Doug and gives him, uh, tells him what he's planning on doing. Goes out and uh, on his way home from the hospital, back to their home, goes in and buys a gun and then tells Doug, hey, look, I need you to post something for me. Gives gives Doug oh. um, Amy's Facebook information and then on october 15th sorry to bring more bad news but derek decided to join me at some point in the night last night i thought it best you heard it from me enjoy every sandwich we love and we'll miss you all go be nice to someone for us so doug posted both of those things um no i think derek posted the first Uh, one on behalf of amy got it and then posted that one uh on behalf of derek but man what a what a crappy end (laughs) Has anybody, what has Doug Stanhope said about any of this? Um, Doug Stanhope uh, did, so let me look in this article that I was reading. So according to comedian Doug Stanhope, a friend of the couple who rented his home to them, Derek, who was on a guest on, so he was on a Stanhope's podcast a few days before. So while, while um, Amy was in the hospital, 
um, Derek was on Doug Sanhope's podcast, was insistent that he wasn't in a bad place after Amy's passing. Quote, after Amy died, he kept telling people he was okay. Evidently, he bought a gun on the way home from the hospital. We found a receipt. Hmm. Uh, but then clearly somebody, and you can read the thread of comments on the second uh, regarding Derek's death. Uh, there's a lot of people that just say, hey, look, this is not cool. I don't know who's posting on your behalf. And um, I, I, it didn't doesn't say anywhere there, um, but it did in other articles that Doug, it was posted uh, that Doug was given the access to that account. Right. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I'm going to download this video and see if we can find anything. Yeah, it, it was just a I very wanted, uh, but... it was just a very unfortunate little tidbit that I came across this afternoon reading about it because yeah, she does man, have a very unique voice. I love her voice in this. Let's uh, play a little bit of what. Uh... Yeah, let me see if I can find it. So this is just going to be in the first chorus. Yeah. You're, you know what? I'll go ahead and play. I'll play the no, Nowhere Man and a Whiskey Girl. Uh, if only I. So you can hear her voice isolated first. Only I could stop one heart from breaking I would not have lived in vain If I could ease one life the aching Or cool one pain I say as I do most unspeakable things So beautiful voice yeah. and the video. If you have, if you guys want to look this up, it's "If Only I" by Nowhere Man and a Whiskey Girl, and it's them. So it's Derek and Amy learning how to dance, and it's it's a very cute, well shot video. You know, it just, it's very simple. Um, but th- so that's her voice, and let me see if I can cue this up and let it happen real quick. So it's got to be around, I don't know, thirty seconds. They they get into it. Yeah. love her harmonies yeah it, it's straightforward it's it's um I, I love when when females harmonize with with jim he's got i mean he's got a good voice and he harmonizes well with himself but when females come in if it's rachel hayden or if it's going to be amy ross it's i don't know it, it make it accentuates that song that much more in my opinion yeah well now that i'm thoroughly bummed out I know, right? Well, the um, I, I had to take that turn. I, I, I did. I think that there's there's people that would like to know about uh, Amy Ross. Uh, 
being part of this because this this is you know her first song and it was that was the album that she was on for Jimmy World. Um, we probably won't. I mean, we may bring her up, but the, I mean, the story won't won't be brought up again. Yeah. So it just had to be told once, and yeah, it is it is a bit of a bummer. Um. Yeah, she's all over this record. Yeah. Uh, Jim's son sings on Electable. Both of his boys, Zach's little girl sings on Electable. Oh. Are you seeing this on Discogs? No, I'm seeing this on. I'm holding the liner notes for the vinyl. Oh, right how now. cool! <laughs> yeah, like the thing. I started grabbing my vinyl before we record because it gives me something tangible to hold and reference. Yeah. Um, and then like what it was it last week? We looked at the punctuation and we we're like, oh, and it totally yeah, that like changed because. <laughs> looking at it on genius or on song meanings, it's like somebody transcribed it and whether or not they were true to what the band put on the liner notes, um, is, uh, t- remains to be seen. Right. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, I am running this podcast, this Doug Stanhope podcast through my, uh, through my new workflow. So in a few minutes, I'll be able to search some terms and we can see if we can find, uh, very specifically, anything that he talks about with that. Um, I did pull a couple clips about the song. Um, the first clip is like very, very short and it's basically about the whole album chase this light. Cause I think this is the second chase this light song that we're doing. Yes. It um, is. Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, usually we talk about that album in full, Butch Vig was the executive producer on it. We'll get into that with some of these clips, but this first one is called Jimmy eat world discusses emo from YouTube. Here we are. A lot of Chase This Light was kind of exploring ideas of um, discovery. <laughs> That's the whole clip. That's just Jim talking about <laughs> the album Chase This Light, specifically about discovery. And I think, oh, this is what I was thinking about when we were talking about the lyrics for Let It Happen. I wonder, I get a vibe from some of it that it's like more general um, information, like less less personal and more general so like let it happen like it, the thing i was thinking about is like daniel tiger and like daniel tiger <laughs> is basically the the offshoot from mr rogers neighborhood and daniel tiger sings a lot of songs that mr rogers wrote right and right. they're all like uh it, when you're mad take a deep breath and count to 10 and stuff like that um and how to deal with grief and how to deal with situations uh, and how to like live life as an as a normal person and what if it's not necessarily just a song about a relationship which seems easy to say and what if it's more like that one should let these things happen even though there is the line i'm the evil one who said gonna let everything just happen so maybe it's not that but maybe maybe that just needed to be in there uh, but that it could certainly be like a cautionary uh, tale uh, that just says, "Hey, look!" And all that's what? just going. These bad things are going to happen in your life, and yeah. you're gonna—they're going to be out of your control, and just let it happen. Yeah, and uh, sort of going off of Jim's self-discovery um, bit. Uh, the next is Jim and Zach were on a podcast uh, back in November of last year called Life in the Stacks, Life in the Stocks. And they play, uh, they talk uh, a little bit about Chase This Light in general, and then specifically about Let It Happen. And I think this clip is about the, the uh, we talk about Chris Testa uh, working on this record, but this song was also um, 
had some additional projection by John Fields, who kind of came in and, and put his finger on a few different things. So they talk about who John Fields is to the record itself. He's the one that sort of helped them flesh Dizzy out a little bit. I think mm. this is that clip. Butch Vig as well. Now, he wasn't like hands-on right in the sense that he was in the studio with you. Right. Was he sort of just there as a kind of a, a confidant and an ear and a... Advisor, exactly. what was his role? Yeah, he was, was kind of... Chase the Light was the record. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's called, the record's called Chase This Light. And it's, um, he, he was, he was an executive producer, which basically means like what you said, not really there all the time, um, kind of an outside voice that is keeping up with what you're doing, but not there every day. Um, and he was awesome. You know, we, uh, we loved working with Butch. He's like such a he's such a positive sweet kind person and what he brings is like this enthusiasm for what you're doing and I think that's kind of something we hadn't had up until that point because Mark is pretty quiet he's not a big rah-rah guy and Gil is pretty serious he's also not a big rah-rah guy but Butch is a very much like, oh, man, dude, this is so sick. This is great. You know, <laughs> like it just sort of gives you the sense of optimism and enthusiasm, which I think is really important in the creative process. Like, you know, especially if you're taking on a bit more of that production responsibility sure. yourselves. Right. Yeah. It's like encouragement. And, you know, and, and uh, the uh, um, the engineer that we worked with on that record, Chris Testa. He basically lived with us in the studio in Phoenix for a long time. And he certainly had definitely like a, a like a kind of production role just in just in the way things sounded or he, he was awesome, you know. Um, and another guy that we worked with on that album that I felt like had maybe the largest impact on the album in general is a guy named John Fields who had up until that point he was kind of famous for he'd done some he'd done like all of Jonas Brothers production right and he also did some <laughs> some stuff for Switchfoot like all of Switchfoot's like bigger hits he did and uh so we worked with him on a few songs and uh he was amazing like uh uh we were struggling to figure out there's a song on the end of that album called dizzy. We were really struggling with that song to figure out how to present it. And he kind of like listened to all the different versions we had. It's like, Oh, I think I see a way forward on this. And he kind of like walked us through it and it, and it ended up being one of the best songs on the album. We went from like, man, is this album going to be, is this song going to be on the album to like, so he was amazing. Um, he worked on Carry You, Dizzy, Big Casino. Can't maybe a few others. I think he worked on Let It Happen. He like and ended up kind of doing additional production on a bunch of songs, and it was it was great. So that's the clip. I know it was a long clip, but he talked a lot about Dizzy, which we'd already done in episode four. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought it was cool hearing them talk specifically about not only the production on this record, but temperaments of both Mark Trumpino and Gil Norton um, having worked with them previously. Uh, I thought it was a good clip. Yeah, it is. And this dude, uh, John Fields, looks just like Paul Rudd, by the way. What? That's oh, awesome. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> if you look at his Discogs profile. So, yeah, he did mention all... He, you can see his his name all over uh, the the tracks for Chase This Light. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah every, everything but uh, gotta be somebody's blues. Right. And then, yeah, chase the sight and fire. Yeah. The other thing I noticed while I was looking at this, and we'll get back to the clips um, that I pulled. That I should have listened and organized them. I'll get there. But I, the, the fact that I pulled clips at all from other media is uh, kind of cool. Um, uh, it's the best. <laughs> Chris Testa uh, recorded all their stuff at Unit 2, um, which is where a bunch of this record came together. But additional engineering by Ross Hogarth and John Fields at CD Underbelly in Los Angeles, California. I first heard of CD Underbelly when Mark Hoppus did his first producer gig for Motion City Soundtrack's uh, Commit This to Memory record at CD Underbelly. And uh, I remember Mark saying that it was it's essentially just like a private home in uh, in North Hollywood. And they would get in trouble for like making too much noise, too much noise at night. Yeah. Um, but I love that I didn't even pick up. I don't think we talked about CD underbelly when we did the dizzy episode. And yeah, that's kind of crazy. No, we didn't. I don't see CD no, underbelly come that. up a lot. Yeah. We <laughs> talked about unit two and I think you said that that was their go to. I think that's where the Tempe sessions were recorded. Exactly. Yeah. So I was going to say that you can take a look at the Tempe sessions and I, I imagine that, uh, unit two probably has multiple recording, maybe a couple of recording studios. Um, but I was trying to look on their Facebook page. So Unit 2 Studios in Tempe, uh, they may have done a, a few upgrades. You can see the drummers that they have featured on mm-hmm. their photos. They, they've got that, um, the sound, um, the sound reduction. Uh, egg crates and all that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, way more professional. I've got egg crates in here, but those are the actual, the the the, uh, the V-shaped ones. It, I don't know tiles, if they, yeah. they definitely have the uh, Oriental rug. <laughs> <laughs> or Persian rug, I don't know. However, um, what, what what that is, but I was trying to to match to see if what was under Zach is the same mm. thing here. But maybe they have a couple of studios. Yeah, that's got to be though. Uh, unit two that they're that they're shooting all those um, and recording in. I think so. Yeah. Um, next clip I have is from Alia Chowdhury. Actually, from our oh. own episode, she talks about "Let It Happen." Big Casino is probably it's one of my favorite songs. I don't know if I have like a favorite Jimmy Eat World song. Um, the big casino, dizzy. Here it goes. Um, what's the second track off of that? I think it's "Let It Happen." Let it happen. Yeah, those like I love all those songs. <laughs> I just like going back now that I can go back to a previous episode and say, "Oh, we brought that up before." Isn't that cool, man? Just bringing it in. It's history. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, another one I have is when you uh, did the show with Blake Lagrange. He talks about "Let It Happen." Like chase this light is arguably like in terms of just production value just from an engineering perspective it was like big budget really really keen on like let's get this thing sounding sheen i guess he was actually just talking about the production on chase this light um and and that's okay so we've come from bleed american futures chase this light in my personal humble opinion i feel like chase this light is the first step that jimmy eat world took to fleshing out a sort of like a new production quality, a new sound. Mm. Not that they changed as a band, but this one definitely sounded different from Futures. Yeah, I think I I think it's their poppiest record. Um, yeah. It's one of my favorites because I feel like everything has this fun, dancey quality to it. Um and yeah, it's just some of my favorite songs. Uh I, I I hope to dig more in and find like that. I prefer the song writing I may not prefer, but uh, I'd love to speak more about the song writing in and of itself. Um, 
I think the anal- the analysis we did to the lyrics here on this song uh, make me see it in a different way, which is cool um, in a way that I'd never really thought of. And I think it's a really cool way that he crafted that second verse. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I'd love to, I can't wait to find out more of my thoughts about Chase the Slight beyond the surface level of when I put that record on, I am very happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, I feel like that Chase This Light is a lot more in line with what they have going on now than as much as I love Futures. You know, that's that's I'm still saying that that's my favorite Jimmy World album. Um, Chase This Light was different when I, I remember getting that and, and, and playing it. It definitely was Jimmy World spoke to me, but it, yeah. it just had that different um the different pathway that they start taking. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I think my least favorite song is the lead single big casino. Yeah. I don't, I I like it live, but there was something about it that didn't hit for me. That song with as good as every other song is on the record. Yeah. I'd say it's like my least favorite opener of theirs that they have. But I mean, like from let it happen through electable is like the greatest four song run. (laughs) Yeah. It's, here it goes to dizzy is like amazing for song run. (laughs) So it's so tough. Yeah. I want to say that that came, um, we did discuss that that somebody had asked about what's your favorite three song run and somebody had mentioned, and if, you know, if you had your, your tool up, that'd be awesome to be able to bring this up quick. But I, I think somebody had said that theirs was chase this light firefight and dizzy was their favorite three song run. Uh, there were a couple of other interesting, uh, inclusions there but that was one that i do recall is that somebody had the end of chase this light um down as their favorite three song run. Mm. uh in, in an audio medium uh yeah oh let's take a look i've got something uh here let's see what this is from this is from deprogrammed which is a podcast from 2008 let's see what they say here i don't even know what songs were on the radio oh uh, she just says songs were on the radio columbia house party uh, said something just this past December, but they're talking about Bleed American. Let's see. Them scars and songwriting talent. Nope, songwriting. Uh, and then, oh, here we go. This is an episode we did. This is one mil ten. Was I on ten? Yeah. Get it faster, dizzy. It's all episodes with me, but let's take a listen. Yeah. Let's take a listen. They're just solid songwriters. Uh, yes. You just said solid songwriters. Let's gotcha. see. Gotcha. Um, ten. I did find the oh, post. I found it. Totally found it, dude. There it is. <laughs> best three song run and oh yes and our uh our boy or girl minty 901 oh minty 901 oh yeah they, they say uh work kill and the world you love has to be up there along with 10 just wait for the fireworks uh and for me this is heaven yeah for me this is heaven is the top three yeah absolutely jimmy world song yes you know what i won't take the slander for though i feel like i've been seeing a lot of hmm did we not get into it or did I just talk over well, you? Well, you know what? You, um, <laughs> we may not have gotten into these these specific ones, but I did read through them. So, oh, okay. Uh, Forest Sprite, Forest Sprite, as well as um, Greveling89, both say, uh, let me go back to it. This is a tough one. Maybe Chase This Light, Firefight, and Dizzy's. That was Forest Sprite. And then uh, Greveling89 says Chase This Light, Firefight, Dizzy's Sentimental Power Pop Banger. 
um, energetic pop punk alpha anthem, mid tempo emo ballad extravaganza. It's so similar yet so rich in diversity that it really encapsulates and showcases most of Jimmy Earl's incredible range as musicians and a band. So mentioned twice in this mm. post from Snake Oil 27 nine months ago. <laughs> Snake Oil. Class. Yeah. Yeah. And it was actually so it showed up. This um they had a Chase This Light Survivor which was posted by Walking on a Wire. So this had to be, I mean, clearly this is before um, Pebble Swift had started doing right. doing his, right? And it it came out, uh, Let It Happen, with 14 votes, came in third place. Oh, there was one from when, uh, uh, the, there was a 2019 Survivor. Did you see that one? Uh, I do have that and... Um, Made it to round five. With eight votes. And that was with uh, Pebble Swift? Yes. I put that one together. Round yep. five. So it's got, I mean, it's uh, round five for that album. So it's round five of what, um, if they do all, there's 17 in this one. Yeah. They're doing all those. So was, eh, I guess it didn't make it that far. <laughs> <laughs> Out in five. Yeah. So third place in this one, it maybe is, has changed uh, a little bit since then. And I also looked on uh, what's your favorite song from each album by PMC64 posted five months ago in the subreddit. And so there were, I counted 32 comments with everyone's albums listed there. And of those 32 mentions, Let It Happen only shows up three times, unfortunately. (laughs) Bummer. (laughs) What a bunch of fake fans. Yeah, no. Well, let's see. I mean, I can't I can't really tell because some people do chase this light and some people do CTL. Right, 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 right. So it's hard for me to tell. Yeah. So let it happen. Dizzy man. It's all over the place. Firefight. Carry you. Gotta be somebody's blues. Professor Baxter. Always be. Yeah. And then it starts repeating. Big casino. Heap of games. Your Eh. least liked track and they like it. But hey, look to each their own. Yeah, we can't all be right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I uh, did. You have any other stuff from Reddit that uh, from Reddit? Reddit? No, I only pulled up the one thing because uh, I did so little research. I, I, like, I I have a bunch of tabs that I open for research, uh-huh. and uh, for Reddit, I was just like, I'll just pull this one. <laughs> so that was the only thing I pulled. <laughs> um, you, you know, so I, I that's all. I've got a couple. I've got those two rankings that I found, but there wasn't really much else that I found with the community. Um. I do have some covers, but is there anything else you wanted to mention before? Um, I do have a couple more things. I'm going to send this to you so you can see what it is I'm talking about. In my vinyl, since you mentioned favorite songs, uh, on the back side of my download code is a get your favorite track from Chase's Light as a ringtone by texting the information below. So if anybody wants to get Let It Happen as a ringtone, you can text JEW2B to 30303. And it's not available for all carriers. Standard text messaging and airtime rates apply. Um, <laughs> so I'm, you remember I'm how before text this now and see if I can get this. You were saying how um, Susie was doing some stuff in the kitchen. Then you had to just you'd, you'd be on in a, a bit. Yes. Yeah. And I said I was looking up stuff. This is what I was looking for. And I was. Bummed. Really? I, yeah. Because I couldn't find any um, passkey. Right. I love I love. The oh, piano, yeah. I did get so, something interesting. But yeah. So I tried to look for MIDI. I, th- I thought, hey, look, it's interesting what you find out there that people have converted into MIDI. I've been surprised many times with some small, you know, small tracks on on albums that people have converted. And this, it wasn't this site, but there were some sites that came up 
with a listing for um, Let It Happen as a MIDI download. So I downloaded oh. the MIDI file. <gasps> I know. And guess what? It's corrupted. So <sighs> it, I don't know what it was. If it was just a ploy to get me on the site and maybe they got my uh, ad oh, revenue. Oh, yeah. From they, it's like any song you're looking for. They exactly. have the MIDI for. Oh, fuck. That sucks. Yeah, so I couldn't find it. And then I also, the the ringtone that I found, it was just a clip of the song. Of course it is. Which was a bummer. Yeah, this is 2008. So like, yeah, the well, it's interesting is the ringtone you found is probably from the, the, the yeah. image that I just sent you. Exactly, uh, right, which is final, just a yeah. clip, right? It's just a clip where it, you, you couldn't hear it. If you were listening on, on your phone, it would be terrible. It was bad enough listening to it with <laughs> headphones. Yeah, useless. Um, and you'll see I text I did text to get the ringtone just now and they said Ugh. it's not an active keyword so at least it came back yeah uh, I think 30303 is probably like some sort of something you know a service <laughs> that provides many many right. things um, let's see I'm looking over the liner notes so I don't see anything else about let it happen in particular I do have a few more clips well, I'm listening. This is from The Great Albums, which is a podcast about, I think he was talking about Bleed American, but uh, either brings up Let It Happen or Chase This Light. Um, this is from June 25th, 2017. Let's take a listen. Because mm-hmm. I also know that yeah. Jimmy World really, they, they do admire Butch Vig's tones because yeah. when they self-produced Chase This Light, yes, he, did. he was the, the executive producer. producer. The remote producer. Yeah. Who he kind of gave them the advice of how to get his big guitar sound. Oh, so interesting. Do you know anything about Butch Vig and his big guitar sound? Um, other than you know, he was worked on Nevermind. And oh, right. He's I know the he's a, Nirvana he's a drummer, guy. but yeah. So he, he's the guy from but, Garbage, right? Yes, the, he's the yeah, drummer okay. from Garbage. Oh, okay. Huh. Mm, never. But I've never that. really known his big guitar sound. Here's a clip from. Rig Rundown, which is a YouTube clip. This guy, he goes and talks to bands about their rigs. It's at, uh, such a great YouTube channel. I, I usually will watch my favorite bands on there um, talk about the gear they use. And uh, they talk a little bit either, again, about Chase This Light or Let It Happen. Let's see. No, this is, yeah, it's a TV yellow. Um, this is Tom talking to the guy. This is special, also a 93. And... This guitar, not this exact guitar, but we were recording uh, Chase This Light with John Fields, um, the producer, and he had one of these, and it just sounded so good, and so I got one, but it's like, gotta have one, but it doesn't sound does like it, as good as that. Is it not even close? <laughs> it's not even close. So you got a 93 special. It looks like a, a maybe a Gibson, uh, like an Epiphone, maybe? He, he says 93 special, like I'm supposed to know what that means. I suppose I should if I'm watching Rig Rundown. Um, but it's a, a yellow, it's a yellow single cut Epiphone looking guitar. Um, and, uh, he got it because I guess Butch Vig had one when they were recording Chase This Light and he wanted one and it doesn't sound as good as Butch's. Uh, last thing is another clip apparently from Life in the Stacks or Life in the Stocks with, uh, Jim and Zach. Oh, no, I have two more clips. So another one from Life in the Stocks. Uh, I don't know what they're talking about. Let's see. After Bleed American, we took some of our money and, and just funneled it into our own uh, studio, like a place where we could record. Smart move. Eventually, yeah. Yeah, and we built it up and built it up and built it up over the years. That I mean, we made all of Chase's light there. So there it is. It's their own studio unit. Gotcha. Two. So that's them talking about that. 
uh, after Bleed American. It, uh, it reminds me, um, when I went and did a tour of Imagineering, Walt Disney Imagineering, a uh, buddy of mine who works there, he pointed, he's like, oh, that's, uh, we call that Maypo, uh, the Mary Poppins building. And essentially when Mary Poppins became a big hit, Walt Disney sunk all of the revenue from that movie into Walt Disney Imagineering to build up the parks. And they call Whoa. this building Maypo because it's the Mary Poppins building because Mary Poppins paid for it, essentially. So that reminds me, that's probably like unit two is their Maypo, essentially. <laughs> Um, so it's their it's their own studio. So yes. is this are, are they then? I mean, I know that they they all have their 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 ventures, um, their uh, monetary ventures. But so are they then? They may have a production crew running this, and then they're just that's what they they own and have other bands. Yeah, who knows you what go on their Facebook Dust page, and yeah. it's it's a functioning, uh, it's a functioning uh, recording or rehearsal studio. Man, should we record there? <laughs> Let's do it. Maybe yeah. we'll just get some time, rent some studio time. That'd be tight. If anybody's recorded it, Unit 2, uh, hit us up, 44 JE Pod. <laughs> uh, last clip is from Tom Mullen's Washed Up Emo. This is when he got to interview Jim in 2013. Let's take a listen. It, it was really only until maybe recording Chase This Light that I thought, like, hey, uh, I'm kind of doing this. <laughs> I'm kind of doing like this is sort of like a career is a career sort of job like I'm doing this wow like holy holy cow I'm doing this you know like it's what I've been what I do <laughs> like it's just bizarre it's bizarre to think that and I, it's something that I never none of us ever thought we would be able to do uh so he's <laughs> that's funny because he I, he's essentially talking about never really feeling like he made it until like 2007 <laughs> Um, they're self-producing uh, they're yeah all right. of that and now it feels real yeah um, so yeah um, those are the clips that I pulled for this episode using our new patented uh, whatever you call it <laughs> are, are we allowed search to say function <laughs> I can explain it I don't know we'll save it for Patreon <laughs> oh yeah we'll do a, a rig rundown of how I record and why I don't know how to play sounds back for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah and why I can't talk when you're doing clips right now yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's because I'm stubborn and I won't ever record on my computer ever again. <laughs> yeah. um, Baby steps, man. Yeah, exactly. So um, I don't know. I, I could tell you all about the tune bat info. Um, yeah, hit me with it. I love the tune bat. I was just thinking about that uh, this evening. It's like tune bat, man. Oh, okay, give, me, dude. give me that. Uh, give me the Camelot. T- t- the Camelot 6A, dude. <laughs> um, Sick. Uh, it's written in G minor. And mm. uh Energy is 93, danceability 46. If that's on a rate, if that's like, yeah, it's on a scale of one to zero to 100, I'd say this How is, is way more dancing. I mean, yeah, no this way. one I could imagine clapping the whole time. Yeah, hold on, let me take a look because always maybe it's because the i you know i I, what i bet you it is it might be because the beat changes for Mm, the chorus. Maybe I want to see what always be one, two, three, four to the broken like you know bass uh, snare, bass snare. Always be has got to be insanely dance. How, somehow, always be is thirty nine. No way. What? Yeah, I wonder what uh, criteria they base that on. Always be has hand claps. Come on. Um. So, uh, yeah, and then it's got a BPM of one fifty six. Outside of that, uh, uh, do you know uh, it, it mixes with an a day to remember song, a Sparta song, another a day to remember song, thrice Gathlight anthem. And then it doesn't mix with Be My Escape by Reliant K. Um, 
it doesn't mix with Private Eye by Alkaline Trio. It does not mix with Always Be. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it 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 doesn't mix with way more things than it mixes with. <laughs> um, so that's good. <laughs> we gotta have the uh, whoever created Toonbat. If we could have them on oh the pod, oh my god, yeah, that'd be great. You know, because I don't understand any of this stuff. Uh, let's have them on on uh, record talking about what what Camelot is. Yeah, and how they develop their uh, their algorithms for uh, determining what is and what is not danceable. <laughs> yeah, was was there some like intern sitting in a cubicle saying, "No, fuck this song." Yeah, uh, override. Yeah. Oh um, man. Okay. Well, good. Now, now I'm glad we got the the Camelot. It was what was it? B two, two B, two B, six A. I think it was six A. Yeah. I was way off. I I, I wasn't feeling it. Um, uh, I the Jimmy World Fans Facebook page has been doing these like quarantine session like fan focus things. And they did let it happen, but did they not archive it so we could watch it? Somebody over at Jimmy World fans, can you can you figure that out? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I'm not gonna tune in. Like I don't. Uh, I'm a dad. Like, oh no, here it is. Yeah. Here it is. Hold on. Here it is. Oh man, it's 38 minutes. This guy Austin Dinges was live. I'm gonna skip. To, give me a time to skip to. It's 38 minutes. In 38 long. minutes, uh, yeah. 27. Here is fan focus at 27 minutes. I'm going to give him some volume here. Oh, you know what? No. The audio is just really low. Um, uh, My Best Theory, which is easily one of their best live songs. My Best Theory, when they do the, uh, when they do the bridge and the uh, solos and everything, and they kick back in like, up and like, and they do it super, super cool. Um, by this series, one of my favorite life songs, and Evidence is probably like my third or fourth uh, favorite Jimmy World song. Evidence is super, super good and a super underrated song. Obviously, Invented is a great, uh, great, great song, um, just in general. Uh, Natasha, Natasha feels me on Past the Baby. Um, I, All right. So he's talking about a bunch of other, comparing mm-hmm. it to a bunch of other stuff. I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to copy this link and s- try to remember to share this out. I'm going to save the video and all that stuff because uh, I think this is good. Uh, I'll, I'll, um, I'll make sure that next time I do research to sort of watch through these things. Uh, I, th- I thought it was really cool that they're doing the fan focus um, uh, on each of these songs. So thank you, Austin Dinges. Can't wait to dig more into this video. Yeah, thank you, Austin. Uh, I'm going to turn you back down because, wow, you're loud. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, okay. Now, um, I wanted to try something different with the covers, and I, I was thinking of going backwards this time because please. we start off so strong with some of these. There's covers that are just beautiful. And but then we I, I I sort of end off with the ones that are sort of like meh, you know? Right. Yeah, I know. So I wanted to try it a different way. And I came across five different tracks. I, you know, again, I tried to make this. I tried to find some um, recordings that were a bit different. Uh, and, and because there weren't a lot, I did include some that were, uh, you know, sort of middle of the road. Um, and those two came off of, well, one of them came off of um, YouTube. And this is John, John Paul Beryl or Burrell. 
uh-huh. with, um, yeah, Jean-Paul Burrell. And this is my version of Let It Happen by Jimmy at World. Hope you all enjoy. And this, what this individual and I share, let me send you this. I don't know if you can look at this uh, without playing it on your end. And uh, see can, what cause... the image is behind um, who that woman is that's on. Oh, yeah, I saw this. I, I was more drawn to the like the crawling drinking guy. Yeah. Um, well, that seemed more yeah, like Blink-182 kind of territory, grab. right? And then see if I can zoom in. Enhance. It looks kind of like um, if you go That's to like CW poster, not Wizards of Waverly Place. What's the other Disney show that oh man, it looks like the blonde girl that is the supporting actress uh, in that show. I don't think that's actually her, but that's the closest that I get. Uh, if you if you can find it out, that's great. I mean, it Otherwise, it looks like Hillary Duff. A yeah, bit, kind of. But yeah, who is that? I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to straight up ask him from the pod account. <laughs> All right. In He's the meantime, I'm going to play Jean-Paul yeah, Burrell. Let it happen. Did the ha-ha's pretty well. Um, yo, who's on the poster behind you? That's way better than me trying to look it up. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say was what this gentleman and I share in common is that he tunes his guitar down to E flat. Oh, I noticed you're talking about that. Yeah, plays comments. with the capo up there. So this, if he's playing with it on two, the capo on two, or I'm on the, he says first fret, but that's the second fret, dude. <laughs> and my capo was on the second fret because I always like to keep my guitar tuned to half step down. So that means that is Jimmy Worlds. You said it was G G minor G major. I closed the tab already. Who could? No, I think it was it was a definite minor. But I wonder if they play with the capo on the first. I don't know. Hmm. I wonder. Anyway, that was Jean Paul Burrell. I hope that he gets back to us with uh, who that is. The next one is actually kind of pretty. This is Kira. I thought uh, she had a very unique voice. The quality of this, because of the, I think the the video is so low quality that she intentionally um, converted it to like a, a vintage style where it it skips frames on purpose. Mm. And it, it does help. It, and it's got the little uh, the wavy lines and the vertical lines that show a, a film grain or film. Um, issues so this is uh a few years later this is may 6 2010 but she did not take she says change the ha 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 parts because i felt like a right idiot having to do that oh she's foreign yeah felt like a right idiot here we go this is kira's
I thought that she has a very pretty voice. I dug it. Yeah, me too. It's very, it was, it, there was a little bit of a, she's got like a natural vibrato in there, but very solid notes all the way across, um, left out the ha ha ha's, but. Uh, <laughs> well, she felt like a right idiot doing that. Yeah, a right idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the two that I found on YouTube. Then we crawl into SoundCloud. And the first one that I want to you to uh, listen to is from Nocturnal Things. And check this out. So this is Nocturnal Things music. Let it happen. Jimmy at World cover. Um, it's been a while. So here you go. Been a while. <laughs> I get like an Alanis Morissette Haim uh-huh. vibe yeah, to this, yeah, or yeah. Haim. Haim, yeah. Yeah, Haim. Uh, it sounds like a demo kind of that, demo version of that uh, that that type of music. And it was different. The, the introduction had a, it didn't have that, the same sort of the strokes on the guitar that everyone else has been, you know, everyone mm-hmm. else starts with. Uh, that was good. So they also have like five minutes of silence at the end. I'm looking at the uh, waveform. Yeah, right? So it must play out. Let's see. Some sort of open tuning. Well, they even address it. So it says, I'm aware that there's a big blank space at the end, but I'm too lazy to fix it. Enjoy some silence, kids. (laughs) Hmm. And then you have the comment way at the end. I'm oh yeah, that's when they made the the comment there. And then someone replied to it. So that was nocturnal thing. Sounds like it's an individual person. Uh, judging from that comment, I'm aware. So these next two are these okay. your final two? Because I do have these some things. Yes. I don't want to step the, on your good stuff. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Hit me with what you've got. Uh. uh so I don't have much. Uh. I have this random. It's called the golden oreo uh let me see if i can send you this link right quick uh, so you can see what the hell i'm looking at it's like golden oreo somebody made a guitar here like remember we looked at those videos where somebody like makes a guitar hero looking thing yeah but this is like in sonic 2 when you would go to the special zone and you'd be in like that little alley and you'd like swoop up and down the uh, this is this is bizarre um so I'm going to send this to you so you can see it and then I'll play uh the clip here it's just the song but it's so weird it's like some sort of video game
So it's just the song, but let's see what the description says. The Golden Oreo, just surfing some old dethrones. This run turned out pretty nice. I don't understand what that means. And then somebody Deep. sponsors Esther seven, seven years ago says, damn, dude. I don't get it. I don't know. Let's is see. Dethrones game? game. I want to see if that would is. So dethrone games. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I, mean, I haven't, I haven't played games in so long. Yeah, I can't find it. It looks, it looks like F zero to me. The, yeah, I loved F zero. The, the clip. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was like a weird thing that I found. Um, and then, uh, Everything else I want to play is from the band. So we can go because sometimes we'll play some live stuff and I have a bone to pick about live stuff with this song. Um, uh-huh. So maybe I see some lads on a green screen and I, I'm i not going to play them. They're holding an acoustic guitar. We got enough acoustic <laughs> stuff. Um, right. So uh, oh, let's see what this is. Tim Eidstein. This is him and like... This is like a full band cover. Right. I can't tell if it's like ethereal like that on purpose or there's something wrong with me playing this back. (laughs) That's bizarre. You have the added effects in there, huh? It's just looping... The, the natural uh, reverb because it's being looped. I'm going to say <laughs> that wasn't my fault. I'm going to say it's like that on the source. Um, yeah. So play your last two and then we'll talk about my gripe with this song and then uh, okay. get out of here. Okay, let's see. So these two are from SoundCloud. And the first one is before I play this. Let's see. This is from the Cabin Boy Chorus, Let It Happen. Oh, good. I, now, I saw be- that one. Before I, wanted to I play, play it just based on artwork alone. <laughs> before I play this, did you... Did you watch, um, are you a fan of uh, Chris Elliott's stuff? <laughs> yeah, dude. I just finished Shit's Creek. He's on it. He's yeah, I found out that he was on uh, Shit's Creek. Now, um, the first time, so I, there's there's been instances where uh, Chris Elliott has sort of danced in and out of my life. But oh. the, uh, the most poignant, or the most memorable, rather, uh, instance of him is, is in Cabin Boy, the film, did you see that at all? I saw it in the theaters, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so it was a Tim Burton movie, and I guess he got pulled what? off to do Ed Wood. Yeah, me? yeah. and he got pulled off to do Ed Wood. So then, let me let me run to this. And uh, yeah, uh, it was ended up being directed by Adam Resnick. Uh, so it was, was produced by Tim Burton, and then it says the pro- project was originally to be directed by Tim Burton, who had contacted Chris Elliott after seeing Get a Life, which which was an interesting TV show. Um, writer Adam Resnick took over the direction after Burton was offered the film Ed Wood. This is the scene in uh, Cabin Boy that I can't ever get out of my head. He emerges from the cave. These pipes are clean! <laughs> <laughs> man that so that and then get this so four years later he shows up and there's something about mary Uh giving the same a very similar line to uh to ben stiller's character here we go i think you're all set so just go uh clean the pipes and it's a go Mm. you know clean the pipes 
What do you mean clean the pipes? You choke the chicken before any big date, don't you? Tell me you spanked the monkey before any big date. Oh, my God, he doesn't flog the dolphin before a big date. Are you crazy? That's like going out there with a loaded gun. He's got, He's do you so remember good. in there something about Mary, his, it, this was the film, right, where he had that ugly sty? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only oh seen my. that movie, I think, once, but yes. Yeah. He's like <laughs> in its entirety, same friend, movie. yeah. Yeah, but so Chris Elliott, I couldn't help, but when I saw the Cabin Boy, <laughs> the Cabin Boy chorus, yeah. uh, couldn't help. Um, but think of Chris Elliott in those films. I thought it right away from the title. I was like, oh, Cabin Boy. <laughs> so what did you think about the art, the artistry of the cover here? I, it was very like pretty odd by Panic at the Disco. It's like, oh, yeah, it's kind of steampunky kind of. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Let's hear what they sound like. Yeah. I, yeah. Here we go. This is Cabin Boy. Oh, that's my bad. Help me answer it, even with you close enough to kiss. Every minute is erased, every moment lasts a day. But thinking about it can't help me let go. I know. Talk, talk, it's very quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ASMR world. Yeah, he uh, he needs to sing more full voiced. Now the the last one that I have, I saved. Now this is something that I'm sure everybody would be interested in enjoying right now, and this is from Tacos and Bacon. Saw that name. Yeah, so this is great. Uh, this is Let It Happen, Jimmy World cover, and let's listen to her beautiful voice and how she plays this. Like, let's say if we ripped this, pulled this down, is it easy to add strings on top of music? Strings? I mean, I'm yeah, yeah you would just load this like, into a DAW, but I don't know how to program strings. Yeah, me neither. I haven't I haven't had anything since I had my East West orchestra <laughs> way yeah. back when I was doing Cakewalk. You know, I haven't had anything that sounds good. Like the strings that I pull out of um, GarageBand are going to sound so fake. Right. But when this came back in, when it comes back in after the chorus, I felt like it could totally just be brought up with like an, an orchestra underneath mm-hmm. or strings and 
beautiful. I mean, piano. Yeah. That was my, that was, that was my number one was tacos and bacon. So with the piano cover of let it happen. Yeah, that was good. Speaking of orchestras, uh, did I send you the clip? Uh, no, you listen to no effects at all. Growing I up, did. Or, um, yeah. Do you ever listen to the decline? Their 18 minute diatribe. Amazing. Absolutely no, incredible. No. Oh my God. It's, it's one of the most amazing songs you'll ever hear. Listen to like, Really, you need to make sure you have 20 minutes. They released an EP called The Decline EP. It's one song, but it has movements <laughs> like like there are different songs within them, but they have themes that come back. And uh, anyway, it's absolutely incredible. Um, they recently recorded a live performance of it. I've seen them perform it live. It's fucking rad. Um, they recently recorded a live performance of it at Red Rocks Amphitheater with a an orchestra and i played it i finally got around to watching it last night and uh susie had taken wes up to bed and i had keaton and keaton was sort of being fussy so i was like i was trying to clean up the legos but keaton wanted me to hold them so i was like okay i guess we'll just watch this and while we're watching no effects play with an orchestra (laughs) pretty loud in my living room keaton falls dead asleep it's great (laughs) whoa yeah um so yeah anyway I thought it was pretty cool. And any, if anybody wants to see, if you're familiar with the decline, definitely watch it with this orchestra. Uh, and if you're not familiar with the decline, listen to the decline because it's so good. Um, and it's everything I love about no effects. Like I don't love, like I don't like actively seek out new no effects music now in like 2020. Uh, and they said some really shitty things in Vegas a couple of years ago about the, uh, the mass shooting that had gone on there. But separate of that, the decline as a standalone piece of art is absolutely awesome. Um, so highly recommended. And which member of no effects is in me first in the gimme gimme's fat Mike, Fat, who's Mike, the lead singer. The, the bassist? Player. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, I saw me first in the gimme gimme's with fat Mike and that was a good, uh, show. And he, I think Chris Shiflet is no longer in Me First and the Gimme Games. Yeah, I just looked it up, and he says past member, so he's no And what was weird it. is I think somebody had asked him about it in a Foo Fighters Q&A, and he was like, I think I'm not in the band anymore. I, I read about it online. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or I think they booked a show without calling him or something, which I thought was kind of shitty. So, like, on top of some shitty things that No Effects has done lately, and f- I, I felt weird about all this Koki the Clown stuff that Fat Mike is doing. I don't know. I've, I'm kind of off of no effects right now, but the decline. Right. And you can't Red slam Rocks their, their, their past, the, their yeah. past uh, music that they've made yeah. based on a, on some uh, comments that they've had in, the, in recent years. So, you know, yeah, it's, everybody it's a shame though. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I have a bone to pick with Jimmy world in this song. I'm going to go back to the, let it happen. Tempe sessions for a minute, because I think this is the only time they ever played it the way that I like it. So we're going to hear the end of electable. I want you to listen to specifically to what Tom does during the intro of this song. Did you hear? He lets the chords ring. There's a there's like a stutter at the beginning, like there is on the album. Oh, However, I didn't I didn't even catch that. I thought you were talking about the, uh, the open chord. It's like a triplet note is the first note is like a triplet. Listen. That he plays yeah. just like the record. Right. Listen to how they play it now. 
and forever since I've ever seen them play it live, and it absolutely drives me mad. Oh, and here's, speaking of Chris Elliott, them playing it on David Letterman. He just plays single notes. Man. It drives me out. mad because he only ever plays it that way live. There's so much character in the triple, in the. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's always such a bummer. And speaking of playing it live, um, they haven't played this since 2017. They got too many tracks to go through now. I guess, but I find this to be such a banger. They played it a ton in 2013. Uh and uh, not much since 2017, which is uh, kind of a bummer. Um, but yes, you're right. They have a lot of stuff to go through. Um, so, like I said, here's Coachella. They have a really fun... Uh, actually, I think this is bad. Let's listen to this. Uh, and bad in the sense that it's um, it's uh, the audio cuts, because I think somebody like recorded the Coachella feed from their screen. But this mm. is from the same year. This is live at the O2 Academy in Birmingham. And uh, this has a really fun intro that they were doing kind of around this time. That does sound. I I could totally put that in the set and and love the show. It has that uh, the way that Zach plays the drum intro with the uh, the bass pedal there totally gets you up on your on your yeah. feet, you know. And that that just reverberates throughout the uh, the venue. I love yeah. that. Um, and then finally, I did pull in Doug Stanhope's podcast, and I ran a mm-hmm. search for Amy Ross, so we can let's listen to this first clip and see what we get. Whiskey girl die by the time we do the clip. You're talking like on the on the table? And, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I mean you guys are professionals with this whole thing. Is it on the table or is it after? Oh, just stop with your bonus points. Well, the anesthesia could do it. All right, and uh, if you parlay that, will <laughs> will Denver cover <laughs> the largest NFL point spread in uh, in history? 26 and a half points, Jacksonville at Denver. Okay, I found that more or less interesting towards the end there. So is that her talking? No, that was oh, okay. Derek. Well, there was a girl, though. Oh, I don't know. That might be a co-host. That's, that's not oh, her. Okay, okay, when, okay. He, when he did the podcast, she was in the hospital. Okay, got it. Okay. So I guess kind he was a morbid just, conversation. Yeah, right? right? This is fucked. Anyway, I just ran a search for her, her name in there. So um, mm. uh, Yikes. that's what came up. Um, I'm glad he has his priorities straight, Doug Stanhope. So anyway, <laughs> Justin, what are your final thoughts on the song? Let it happen. Um, I Jimmy love Hill. it. Uh, you know, it, it is uh, coming off of Big Casino. It's uh, it's a nice, uh, you know, keeps you uplifted. It keeps you going. It's a jam. Um, I, I love Zach's drum drum intro, you know, the, the bass drum in there. I've mentioned that several times in this episode. And uh, 
I, you know, I find myself during the chorus, I will do an alternate harmony that goes in between what Jim and oh. Amy are singing because it's just so much fun to to uh, to sing that part and harmonize with Jim. So uh, yeah, this is a fun song for me all around. I really enjoy it and learning more about it. Uh, I like your your uh, potential um, reasoning behind this being just a a sort of cautionary tale that's just generic and take it for what it is and hopefully you know you you're in some shit and you get through it man just let it happen just let it happen um i agree i think this is uh an absolute banger it's one of the reasons that chase's lights probably my second favorite jimmy world album um and uh uh yeah i i never had looked into it that much and even still didn't look into it that much before doing this episode um but I'm glad you shed some light on a lot of details for me. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I'll ever not listen to this song and not think about Amy Ross now. So, mm-hmm. um, man, uh, great track. And uh, we have an interview on this episode, so I guess everyone's going to hear that. But uh, before then, um, uh, unless you have anything else, Justin, I think everybody mm-hmm. should just uh, continue being excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we uh, didn't even bring this up on the episode, so how apropos that we have our next guest, Mr. MXPX Memes himself, Danny. Hello. Hi. Talking Let It Happen this week. That's right. Um, And I couldn't, I was racking my brain, I couldn't figure out why you were going to be on this episode, and then I remembered, oh, there's an MXPX tie-in, and I didn't know if it was a song or an album, so rather than me tell you, yeah, rather than me tell you like the... (laughs) my thought about what it is or what I found in the two seconds I spent researching. And I figured you could let us know mm-hmm. and well, it, ask that, if you're familiar to... with the Jimmy world version of let it happen. Yes, I am. So yeah, the reason, so actually before you started, well, before you released this podcast, I think you'd already done your test episodes or something and you told me about it and that I think it was at the time when we were meeting up IRL <laughs> And, and and you were telling uh, me and the other people from the LA Blink-155 Nation about how you were thinking about, you're working on doing Jimmy Pod. And I was like, oh, you have to have me on for Let It Happen because that is also a major MXPX song. And then, but that was like two years ago. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, you're putting me on the spot now. I have to get the very, spe- I'm trying to get the specific uh, information about the MXPX song. But yeah, I picked it because I, a couple of years ago, so I do MXPX memes. <laughs> and um, a year or two ago, Switchfoot also came out with a, with an album and a song called Let It Happen. And that was like big doings for MXPX fans because <laughs> MXPX have had this song, this like major song since the since like '98. I think the song goes back a little further than that because it's the name of their first B-side collection. Oh, oh, and it was I wondered the, why there were so many tracks on the album when I looked it up. Yeah, so uh, so I, I guess I'll start from there. So MXPX have a song called "Let It Happen." Uh, it's the name of their B-side collection. There's actually a lot of history to that collection, which I'll also get into, which I can also get into. But um, the song is a super popular song. It's like a lot. It's very different from what MXPX was sort of known for up to then. Hey, did you listen to it at all? Did you get a chance to listen to it? No, I wanted to come the in MXPX blind. Song? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's more. I mean, it's false to call it emo, but it is a more like emotional sweet 
sort of song than maybe MXPX had up to that point. Like they've had a lot of other like heartfelt, slower. It, it's it's like pseudo emo, basically. Is it a if slower listen... like uh, jam than like punk rock show, which I know from? Yes, MXPX. definitely. <laughs> it, it definitely is. It's almost like a for MXPX, especially at the time. It's like it's almost like a waltz. It's like a nice like if you if you I mean, if you want to check it out, you want to listen to it yeah, at yeah. all. And OK, if you put it on, then I'm going to get the history of the actual song and how it's a B-side. It sounds like yeah this is good yeah this is like everything i was into in like 98 99 right yeah so they have other songs like this now but i think for the time it was you know just a little bit more emo than most other songs because at this point this is oh well maybe i can't remember if this comes out before or after slowly going the way of the buffalo which has other songs like this on it yeah so anyway, I feel like I'm rambling right now, but no, no, no. this no, no, is no. never this is, no, what's funny is uh, we didn't even neither. Well, I did hardly any research on this episode. I'm going to have so much housekeeping to do because things I either forgot to talk about or didn't talk about on the recording of the episode. I was so flustered mm-hmm. for some reason this week. Um, but Justin didn't even come up with MXPX at all, or at least didn't mention it. Oh, okay. So. Whereas you last find, week like, we did For Me This Is Heaven and we talked about Mark Hoppus's love for that song, uh how it's uh-huh. how it's name dropped on the song Constantine by something corporate. And uh uh-huh. yeah, we talked about like everything under the sun besides Jimmy Eat World last week. Gotcha. Well, there's actually I found so I found out there were a bunch of songs called Let It Happen. And or did you find any of those? Uh I did when I just Google or when I did like Apple Music search of the term right. Let It Happen. And the right. MXPX and this B Sides collection actually was above Jimmy World's album. <laughs> uh, right. Chase's Light. Um so uh, and, and, and those were below many other uh Right. Because there's also like Tame and Paula. Yeah, that have came a song up called Let It Happen. First, yeah. And um, there was one other one that's oh, Switchfoot, which Switchfoot, I mentioned. Right. Yeah. So about a year. Yeah. So about a year ago, Switchfoot comes out with Let It Happen. So I'm like, oh, I guess I got to make a meme about this, how Switchfoot's ripping <laughs> off MXPX or something. And I look into it and I'm like, there's so many other songs called Let It Happen. But I'm pretty sure. I mean, MXPX is the, their B-side collection is 98. So whatever vinyl. Yeah, I no one had ever said that sh- word, those words together before 98, for sure. <laughs> right. At least, at, at least not for a title of something. The, the thing is, I think it's there's this funny thing that I noticed as I started doing memes for MXPX is that my Carrera for somehow, and I swear I figured this out because of making memes, he has this affinity for picking terms which seem completely ubiquitous like a term like let it happen or a term like life in general like they just sound like terms you hear all the time but for some reason these are all terms that no other band seemed to actually use for song titles or album titles until mxpx did and then a bunch of other bands start using those terms for titles of course yeah it seems like MXPX is the first one to actually use that. <laughs> and then a bunch of other people do. So I didn't know about the Jimmy Eat World song until I was researching this Switchfoot MXPX meme. I'm like, oh, there's a Jimmy Eat World song. There's a Tame Impala song. And then that Jimmy Eat World song became one of my like favorite Jimmy Eat World songs just so because good. I listened to it a bunch. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, I mean, I, I had never really listened to this album. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Now. Chase What's this it light. Yeah. Chase this light. I had never really, I had never heard this. I, I absolutely hadn't. I'd never heard chase this light until I found out there was a song called let it happen. I listened to that song hundreds of times. And then I was like, <laughs> I should listen to the rest of the album. And I liked the rest of the album too, but like I, it, it pales in comparison how many times I listened to Jimmy world's let it happen. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I want to see your like lost FM scrabbles for this record. I know. And, like <laughs> just completely waited uh, to let it happen. That's good though. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so, um, what about the Switchfoot song? If you had to compare, <laughs> I don't remember the Switchfoot song. That oh, okay. well. So yeah, we did. Well, I mean, and that's so, yeah. So just in case any, I'm, I, we haven't mentioned it, but I host the Reliant K podcast. Yes. Did you mention that? I don't know if you know, I was going to get, we were going to talk a lot of, does, does Reliant K yeah. have a song called let it happen yet? They don't, but Reliant K and Switchfoot are so entwined in oh. each of each other's fandom like you know but like i like switchfoot okay but i'm not a huge switchfoot switchfoot fan is switchfoot a so goatee records if, uh band no oh, okay. no but they're just a band that like reliant k has a lot of relationship with and they've worked with each other a lot and they've toured with each other a lot and john foreman from switchfoot is in one of reliant k's biggest songs deathbed they're just like a band that just oh. know each they're just a band that like know each other and work together. Their last big tour that Reliant K did was opening for Switchfoot. Cool. Um, the one that they did for the last album. So I don't know if it's like outing myself in a way, if any of our listeners find out I'm not actually a huge Switchfoot fan. Well, it's funny because like, I don't feel like you've mentioned them on Sadie Hawkins. Probably. Yeah, we mentioned them here and there, but like maybe I, guess, I never thought of thought much of it. Yeah, we probably just didn't mention their specific work. Like if there are connections to be made lyrically or musically between a Reliant K song and and a Switchfoot song, I'm probably not going to think of it because I don't haven't listened to a lot of Switchfoot. I've listened to Switchfoot. I've seen Switchfoot a bunch of times, but there are lots of bands that I like that I'm not like constantly listening to or consider myself a giant fan of. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I, the point is I have not listened to the Let It Happen Switchfoot song a lot. <laughs> I've tried listening to more Switchfoot just because we do a Reliant K podcast now and I'm like, I know Switchfoot is a big part of Reliant K history, so I'm like, I should understand more Switchfoot than I ever have, but I don't. So you said the Switchfoot guys on Deathbed, uh, which yeah. is a Reliant K song. Are any of the Reliant K boys uh, from Canton probably. on uh, a Switchfoot song? <laughs> the boys from Canton? <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably. I'm not sure, though. Uh, I'd have to look into that. Yeah. I'm, I mean, eventually we're going to do like a collab, like cover some collab songs between members of Reliant K and other people like there's matt teeson's on a bunch of other people's songs oh and i've listened to some of those recently but we haven't we haven't other bands or like pop records where you like came in and did like a session uh i think he's done that too but i'm thinking of like places uh, songs where he came in and sings like a verse oh okay or something like that yeah there's a couple of those oh it came and did some bars yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so uh one of the running jokes on sadie hawkins pod is that jess uh your co-host and your wife uh, does not like the song deathbed um so maybe she's just really hate switchfoot i think is maybe the problem (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe if people are upset to learn that i'm not actually a huge switchfoot fan we can push that all on jessica (laughs) because she already has the hot take of not liking one of their most beloved songs right which it was not on the apple music playlist that i listened to Oh, yeah. I mean, it's an 11 minute song. <laughs> it would be you the know, whole playlist. Did you realize that? Uh, yeah, uh, you it's guys like, an, it's it, like yeah. they're epic. Yeah. yeah. 
That's like, yeah. uh, well, we talked about Constantine last week. Um, and that's like an 11 minute song or something like that from something oh, okay. corporate, uh, where they mentioned Jimmy Eat world and specifically quote, pull quotes from that part of the song. Um, Right. Would you consider Jimmy Eat World one of those bands that you enjoy, um, but you're not necessarily a fan of? Because you hadn't yeah. even heard Chase's Light, yeah. which I think is one of their. It's a it's a pop record. It's such an amazing, fun record. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I had a like a period of time in like the Napster days where I was obsessed with learning about emo, but I like I was more excited to be learning about the bands than. I can admit now I actually enjoyed listening to the music like I, I, you know, I loved listening to it and like learning about each band and Jimmy World was one and like all kinds of other. And this is all. And again, like I said, this is Napster time. So it's like so there isn't even that like bastardization of emo that comes in with with that where it gets mixed up with mall punk and like just, um, you know, big triumphant sounding pop punk. It's like I'm talking about actual like sec first and second wave emo. Um, and Jimmy World would be one of those things. Like I listened to, I listened to Clarity a bunch when I had, but I never owned it. I had a friend who I mentioned on our podcast a bunch because I used to go to all those early Reliant K shows with him. My, my friend Johnny, he was, he played guitar, so he was like way more into. He was into more technical music and like more experimental stuff. He got into more like he got way into the Cure sort of after I started to move away from Massachusetts and stuff. So he stayed into like that <laughs> sort of post hardcore uh emo stuff so like i introduced clarity to him and he's like oh my god this album's fucking amazing oh good yeah yeah and then (laughs) i didn't keep listening to it but (laughs) that's good (laughs) you were more yeah i think i think that's how i was like when i felt like i had like uh discovered punk rock and i was like all right i'm gonna listen to like rudimentary peni and uh the locust and uh the casualties and all this stuff. And then I learned a lot about them and then I just never listened to those records ever. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Um, and what's funny is punk rock show made it onto those compilations and I never like went out and sought out more MXPX uh-huh. outside of like punk rock show. And then I think the first record I ever listened to theirs all the way through is this last one that they put out. Cause uh, okay. I think they did that live stream when the right. album had come out and I was like, fuck, this is really good. And I think I watched Mike on house hunters or something like that. Like, so uh, yeah. Uh, fixer upper. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they were already sort well, of they'd... on my radar. Yeah. And they just came out with a deluxe edition. I should, I should, Oh, I should listen to that. <laughs> work for the band that I work for technically for free. I mean, completely for free. But they just came out with the deluxe edition of their newer album. So it's like all of the the there was an, there was like an EP that came out after it. That's on there, like two new songs. And then like they had Kickstarter acoustic sessions that now are available to everybody. Yeah. On that deluxe edition. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so nice. You can check that out too. And then yeah. um, I just had a memory because I was like, oh, we should do like a let it happen MXPX meme uh, thing for this episode. But didn't you do the they might be giants meme for us like way, way, way back at the beginning? That's right. I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you were talking about, I think it was the first episode you it's talked like Jim about and the... Tom, the early songs. We can't tell who's singing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and they might be giants have a lyric that's, is it Jim? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then you talked about that meme on your podcast. This is so meta. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's good. I yeah, I'm really not versed on uh, they might be giants. The most I know is all their Disney stuff that they've done. So, oh right, yeah, and they've done a bunch of Disney stuff now. Yeah, um, uh, like the hot dog song. I think it's them. Right. And uh, 
And then outside of that, it's like one. That's their that's their biggest song on Spotify. <laughs> so much oh, so that amazing. I think they Spotify. I I don't know who I don't know if it's the Amp Giants themselves who initiated this, but now the Amp Giants are listed as two different bands on Spotify. Oh. One as regular the Amp Giants and one as their kids' music. So it's like the Amp Giants yeah, and the Amp Giants for kids. Because if you, you just went to the Amp Giants on Spotify, yeah, yeah. If you go to the Amp Giants and just yeah. click shuffle. You get all this kids music half the time because it's the most listened to stuff. Yeah. So like I said, it was it, the MXPX song. It's like there are other songs like that are similar to it in, in in emotion and sort of like like this punk rock sweetness, this like sort of slowed down emo esque thing. There's there, they have other songs like that, like Southbound and um, For Always. But I remember Let It Happen. Oh, there's one more thing I had to talk about with Let It Happen. But uh, I remember Let It Happen being the first song because I was following MXPX from 96. So that when that B-Side collection came out and you heard that and I heard that song, I'm like, this is a whole new thing that this band is now capable of in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So it's just and uh, so like I said, it's not emo, but it's just emo ass just to have MXPX do that sort of like sweet emotional thing. Like their lyrics have definitely been emotional and they've always had like you know, nice, sweet, emotional lyrics, but there's, they were still punk rock songs up until that point. At least that's how I would think of their first three albums. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It no. connects in, it's so funny. Uh, now other, I'm thinking of all yeah. these songs I haven't heard in years that remind me of like exactly what you're talking about. That like slow punk adjacent emo type. Yeah. Like, yeah. Emo type song. Like, yeah, like when a skate punk band basically tries to do an emo song, like the I guess the biggest example being Blink 182's emo, right? Like they sure, write a yeah. song like they write a song like that, and they're like, "Oh, this sounds like emo," yeah. but it doesn't really sound like emo. It just sounds like the most emo Blink 182 had been up to yeah. that point. So they're like, "We're gonna call this track emo," but it's not. It's not really emo. <laughs> yeah, totally. And they were thinking about um, Jimmy World when they thought about that song. Right. Yeah. But uh, the the last thing I was gonna mention. And I feel like I'd get in a lot of trouble with MXPX fandom if I didn't mention this. But the Let It Happen B-Side collection is sort of like a sore spot for the band and for the history because basically, like, they weren't on board for it. Like, it was basically Tooth and Nail Records just kind of put uh-huh. it together and put it out there sort of, like, against their will. It seems like they, they the have not... Did the paid, dis- <laughs> I don't... I'm not sure. I guess they did. But, like, they, they basically had no control over it happening. And they've not disowned it. Like it's, you know, they still sell it. They play songs off it. They promoted it at the time. I remember that's why I learned about this way later and I was surprised to learn about it. But basically like they leave Tooth and Nail for A&M Records and they were and MXPX was Tooth and Nail Records biggest cash cow. So mm-hmm. Tooth and Nail Records is like, OK, we need <laughs> to start. We're losing a major source of our income. Let's put together a B-side collection and the band's not really on board with it. And then later on, there was a Let It Happen Deluxe Edition when MXPX went back to Tooth & Nail for their 2007 album, uh, Secret Weapon. And I've heard that that Deluxe Edition was basically them being like, OK, we're going to go back into Let It Happen and release it the way we would have released it back then. Mm-hmm. And that Deluxe Edition is pretty cool because it's the only place you can get like all their videos oh, in one cool. DVD set. Yeah. So there's that. That's nice. I wonder, yeah. I mean, because some, sometimes this happens to bands. This is why Blink-182 has a greatest hits. That was sort of like a thing to do about that time. And right. the band technically owed the label a record. 
Um, oh, okay. And that was how they fulfilled that. Uh, yeah. That whole thing. Um, they didn't owe Tooth and Nail a record again, though. Mm-hmm. It sounds like Tooth and Nail mm-hmm. just decided we have these tracks that never got released on anything. We're going to do a comp. Yeah, I'm not actually 100% sure of that, but that is what it sounds like to me yeah. without being it sounds like, entirely yeah, sure. Explained it. it, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I just because you mentioned the Blink 182 greatest hits, real quick side note, then I'll get into my plugs and stuff. Is my co host, my wife on City Hawkins Pod. Um, I've oh, because of events over the last two years, I've basically made her hate Blink 182. <laughs> yeah. But when I first met her, she was a Blink 182 fan. Like she used to wear this blink 22 shirt and she had the greatest hits in her car when we were first being you know first becoming friends and eventually getting towards dating and she had the greatest hits and i never owned that but i listened to it in the car with her and because of that edit that they do to the beginning of josie uh josie yeah i got so mad i was like i never want to listen to this cd again dude i'm the same i completely <laughs> pretend that record doesn't exist I, and people yeah. like are like look at my collection it's complete and i'm like no the greatest hits is in there get that the hell out of there <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i feel like that there was that year where like every band every band of like that level did a greatest hits like our, very specifically i remember no doubt did theirs and i was just right. as mad about that as i was the blink one like i was yeah and they were all all those same bands were like going on hiatus right or yeah. breaking or or seeming to break up and then releasing a greatest hits album that was yeah. like the thing to do in 2005 yeah. what is with that josie edit they're like oh it's the radio edit and i'm like that literally never played on the radio that way right yeah <laughs> like was and it's not it couldn't have been the length because you could put 74 minutes on a cd it's like it wasn't <laughs> approaching 74 minutes right yeah no yeah <laughs> no <laughs> yeah that's bizarre i remember when they announced that and uh on their website i've tried to look it up on um on uh the wayback machine the internet wayback machine but they uh-huh. released the track list without carousel on it uh, originally and uh-huh. uh the fans were up in arms in the comments like it wasn't their website was sort of a blog where they would post news and then the fans would comment and uh it got to the point where chris georgian basically had to go back and say look all the fans are mad that carousel isn't on this thing like we have to <laughs> put it on there and then uh yeah it was revised but i couldn't find an archive of the site that showed those comments and everything. And then after I spent 10 minutes on it, I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I looking at this? Like, this is so ridiculous. I vaguely remember this. That's good enough for me. (laughs) Right. Oh man. So I have a lot of that with five iron. I have a lot of that with five iron frenzy where I have all this particular five iron frenzy information in my head. And I'm like, I saw that on their website at some point. Cause they basically just would, they just edit the HTML or whatever on their website and like give you news and info. And then that would disappear. And like, there's no way that the archive would get it because it was just on their website for a week or mm-hmm. two or something. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I've spent hours going through the <laughs> fire and frenzy archive. <laughs> oh, you're braver to say you spent hours. Cause that's probably about how long I spent, <laughs> but I like to say after 10 minutes, I wonder what I'm thinking. That's not to yeah. say I don't spend, you know, another 90 trying to find it. <laughs> right. Um, well, Danny, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, besides MXPX yeah. memes, uh, I, I guess I was going to say, what was I going to say? I was going to make a joke about how uh, y- you uh, would not be allowed in a room with all your Twitter personas because that would be over the 10 person limit allowed right now right. during the COVID-19 <laughs> oh, yeah. pandemic. Um, That's true. But uh, plug whatever Twitter yeah, have, and Instagram accounts you would like, and most well, importantly, your podcast. 
Yeah. Well, I, I have 19 Twitter <laughs> accounts. They're, most of them are shit posting things that like I don't openly talk about. We kind of have one me, together that you gave me the password out. for that I can oh, I that's contribute right. to that's sometimes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where I true. put all of my old Christian knowledge from when I was a Baptist kid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I have all these themed shit posting Twitters. But, um, yeah, we have Sadie Hawkins pod, which is Reliant K song by song podcast uh you can follow us on instagram and twitter we have a voicemail uh just like you guys do um and then i have run mxpx memes which is a twitter and a uh, and a instagram i have they might be giants memes which is also twitter and instagram um but i put like more of my personality in mxpx into mxpx memes they might be giants memes is just like an outlet for stuff yeah and then i guess i also my other two important things are scott pikachu which is just <laughs> so- me posting <laughs> It's just me. It's a tw- just a Twitter account because Instagram has too much copyright matching stuff uh, on Twitter. You can go to Scott Pikachu and it's just I pick a clip of a Scott song I like and I put this clip of Pikachu dancing to it. <laughs> and then so I have a thing called Overheard Punk, which is that's right. overheard at a punk show. Yeah. And um, that is something that I felt back asward into of it's like got tens of thousands of followers and i originally started it as a parody it was a joke i made up like the first 20 things like it was like you know uh like at an exploited show someone says like hey want to come over for lasagna on thursday like those that kind of thing i would make yeah. up this like benign middle class stuff i was commenting on how all punk rock people are now like in their 30s and 40s and middle class but then people started sending me real things and I started having to post nothing but real stuff. <laughs> and now, yeah. And now that's my, actually my biggest social media account. Yeah. It's so good. Even I've submitted a few things to like, uh, I think yeah. my, my favorite one and I if think I did was this guy uh, telling his friend oh. about how he could tell, he could, he's like, I could tell everybody about modular synthesizers at the, uh, it wasn't a punk show, but it was at the midnight show. Yeah. You dropped out, but I'm sure that was hilarious. <laughs> um anyway i do want to tell you that i absolutely love the work you're doing at sadie hawkins pod i am not familiar with reliant k at all i think you and jess are an amazing team uh both in life and as podcast hosts so thank you uh kudos to you guys i can't wait to hear more yeah i feel the same way about you and your co-host on jimmy yeah Yeah, well because i like because like i said i only really know clarity and maybe a couple and the and bleed American. And then that was it. And any other song I just listened to once or twice. So I've learned more about Jimmy pod just by listening to your podcast. So, well, thank you, man. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, without further ado, we'll uh, talk soon and see you on your right. pod.